Hey everybody, this is another official episode of the Space Runaway Podcast. It's me, Phil, back again with Bilal. Yes, up? And today, this is a very special episode, it's been a long time coming. We are going to review Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, Evangelion is a lot of things. I, I am not sure it is good, but it is important. So, we're going to review that today. Just as as a aside, we just recently watched this like the past week. Um, we've we've both seen it before, probably multiple times. But this is the first time I've seen it as a close to thirty something year old adult. Yeah, much different. I think I, I, it, maybe you don't agree, Bilal, but it's much different as an adult. No, it definitely is very different as an adult. Like the first time I watched it, I was like still like barely out of middle school so I didn't really even get a lot of the things that were talked about or like shown like the symbolism of things and stuff back then and I've watched it in college with Maya but I still don't think I understood the way I did now like there's whole sections of the show that I don't I have no memory of I was just baffled. I was like, what is this? When did this happen? Yeah, like, like I kind of feel like in, in a certain mental state, like, you just kind of gloss over certain scenes and episodes and stuff and don't really take in everything that happens. I think the first, up until the recap episode, I remember all that beat for beat. But yeah. post-recap episode, I was like, what is happening? I don't remember any of this. Yeah, like, and I also think it's, like, a matter of, like, the recap episode was basically, like, it was basically the end of the first half of the series. And, like, yeah. then we get back to the second half, and, like, obviously there's, like, some changes in direction, and you got some, like, scenes that might have not, like, fit in your memory, because, like, the first half of the series is just so iconic and stuff to, like, everyone. Yeah. I... Well, let's get let's get right into it. Um, it's so hard to even talk about how to rev- like how should we approach this review. We we should have done this off camera, but yeah. we're terrible podcasters, so we just do it on camera. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the wide story arc, and then we'll talk about things that we just realized just now, and then we'll talk about end of Ava. We'll talk about death and Be- rebirth a little bit. And then we'll talk about End of Ava. I think that's a, a good way to talk about it. Yeah. Overall, um, Evangelion's great. Like, it's a great, ridiculous plot that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, like, I, I think it does make sense in, like, like as an adult and, like, seeing, like, the, like, inspirations <laughs> are taken from, like, just, like, because... Hideaki Anno, he's, like, a huge fan of, like, tokusatsu and, like, kaiju films and stuff. Yes. And you really can see, like, like just, like, the camera work in, like, every scene where Ava is facing off against Angel. It, it reminds you, you can legit compare it to, like, some Godzilla Ultraman film or something. And, like, that camera shot will look exactly like that scene or something. That is exactly true. Like, if you watch Shin Godzilla, it's just an episode of Ava. Even down into, like, have you seen Shin Godzilla before? No, I actually haven't seen it yet. Okay. Shin Godzilla is Hideaki Anno's Godzilla movie. 
Godzilla uh, is basically a larva, and it's the most nightmare fuel version of Godzilla I've ever seen. And it slowly and gratuitously transforms into Godzilla we know. Okay, that definitely sounds like Ano had some hand in that. Sure. Yes. Also, which another thing about the kaiju films, you know he's making an Ultraman movie this year, or it's releasing this year. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that, because he's a huge Ultraman fan. Yeah, it's called Shin Ultraman. All the monsters are angels. Oh. They're just angels. Like, they have the crazy eyes. They have the weird roar thing. Like, yeah. even their, like, in, they just released a trailer a couple days ago. How the characters interact with each other, or it's Asuka and Shinji-esque, or Shinji and Rei-esque. Okay. Like, it's very, like, like he has a style that you can see it and clearly know Anno is involved. Yeah. Which I think is part of what makes Evangelion so iconic, because when you... If anything even has shots or is filmed like it, you know, oh, that's an Ava reference. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, you honestly see Ava references, like, like literally everywhere in a lot of yes. anime. These days. Yes. So it's like a pop culture icon at this point. Yes. And it's kind of, like, insane, like, how much it blew up. I know Otto himself didn't really expect Ava to be this popular. Like, if he was just kind of, like... Like, he was, like, surprised at all the character merchandise that I was selling because, like, he was even saying, like, I don't know why people like these characters. They're all sick. Like, I get Asuka, right? Because Asuka's the, the, the kind of bitchy character. And, like, she's that sort of character will always get over. But Rei is, like, a sex icon in Japan. And that's really weird to me. Yeah, um... I know, like, kind of, like, he touched on it himself at some points. He says, like, he doesn't get why Ray is popular, but he gets why she is popular. And at the same time, since, like, since, like, a lot of, like, Japanese people can't handle, like, a woman like Asuka or Misato, like, someone that's actually, like, strong and not completely 100% submissive and with no complaints or anything. So oh, like Ray. So like Ray is popular because she's like the stereotypical, very docile, doesn't say much, doesn't complain much. She just does what she's told type of girl. And that's attractive, I guess. It's not, but I, I, I get where they're coming from. And that makes yeah. sense with their culture. Like um, they have some weird issues with their sexual deviancy or lack thereof or like they have some weird stuff going on there yeah and Otto himself says Asuka is his favorite character like he just thinks that she's the best girl pretty much and he also kind of roasted Ray fans by saying that they are a symptom of the modern Japanese male not having much in terms of imagination when it comes to women so basically he's saying they have shit taste I can't disagree with him. Asuka, like, um, personally, right? I enjoyed Masato's character arc. It's weird, right? Like, I think Masato is one of the most well-thought-out characters, because she is a mess. But she's an adult and a mess. And when you're an adult and a mess, when you're a mess, you know. And she knows she's a mess, and she understands that. But she's kind of trying to put it aside for the task at hand. Yeah. Like, well, 
Asuka is a child and a mess, so she doesn't really know how to deal with those issues just yet. Yeah, and like, Asuka, like, she's actually like a more realistic approach of a tsundere. Like, a tsundere, like, like, in reality, a tsundere, like, it's not like they're like just being like that to be cute. Like, Asuka, her entire personality and all that, it's based off of like a deep hurt that she has from her childhood and stuff. Like, yep. she's afraid of being abandoned, so she tries to make sure people don't get close to her. Yep. But at the same time, she wants that type of attention, so she goes above and beyond to be recognized by everyone. Yep. So, so I, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess let's talk about the first half of the show. So, yeah. I, I'm assuming you know, but this is a spoiler alert. Like, we're going to go through the whole thing. Like, I don't feel yeah. like I need to say that, but people are weird. So, first half of the show. Essentially, there are there was a, an incident that caused the world to go to hell. Like, there was a giant something happened called the Second Impact. Do, yeah. we, do we actually know what the Second Impact was? Like, it was just an explosion? Yeah. Well, like, the second Empire pack, we kind of get, like, get shown what happened, but, like, the end of Ava is where we really get told exactly what happened. So, basically, what happened is that in the past, in 15 years before the events of Evangelion, Gendo and, like, all of our other, like, nerve head um, higher-ups that we know in the present, they went on an expedition to Antarctica with all their knowledge, they decided that it would be a good idea to try and reawaken the first angel, Adam, to see if they would be able to harness its power. But that went all wrong, and it caused the second impact. With the second impact, destroyed the world, basically. Everything's flooded, everything's ruined, like, everything's bad. And now, essentially, the plot of Evangelion is a tower defense game. They have... Adam, right? Yeah. And they are tr- the angels are trying to get to Adam, and if they do, it will kill all the humans. Yeah, so like basically the angels are trying to basically reunite with Adam because they're pretty much like they're pretty much like things that like branched off from Adam. Like they're essentially his children and they want to be reunited and but them reuniting with Adam would cause like the third impact. Which humanity would would not survive in this state. Yeah. The first half of the show is Gendo, Shinji's dad, goes get his son because his son can pilot the Avas, which are giant robots. We don't know where the Avas came from at this point in the show. We just know yeah. they're giant robots and that they can I fight the angels because angels have um, the AT field, which is basically a barrier to keep, keep humans out. Yeah. So angels can can destroy the AT field and kill the angels. So at this point, Gendo is gets his son who can pilot the Ava, and they're gonna fight the the they're gonna fight the monsters. So essentially, first. 13 episodes or 12 episodes or so are introducing the first three children who can pilot the Avas. So I, Ray, then Shinji, then Asuka, and it's just them fighting the monster. So it's a very monster of the week, sort of Ultraman sort of vibe. Um, yeah. 
that's the first part of the show. And, like, it's them dealing with each other. It's You get a lot of interplay between all the characters. Like, there's a weird school life thing because outside of fighting robots, they're going to middle school, I guess. Yeah. And you get, like, your episode nine where... You get your famous synchronization, so Asuka and Shinji have to coexist together to defeat this angel that has two hearts, essentially. Yeah. So, the first half of the show is so iconic because it's just monster, Very, very well thought out. Gorgeous, by the way. Monster of the Week sequences. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, throughout the first half, you also get... A little bit of like insight on Shinji as a character because like I believe it was like literally like the second or third episode or so Shinji decides like nope I don't want to deal with Paul and Ava anymore and he runs away yep and then he gets brought straight back and like and like this episode was kind of like him sort of like just looking like an idiot pretty much because like he kind of realized, like, he has no other place to go and that, like, he just needs to stop running away from his issues and stuff. Yeah. Especially with the responsibility that he accepted at this point. Do you know what that sequence reminded me of? What? That's a very Gundam-esque sequence. Yeah. Both Amuro and Judao have very similar episodes. Yeah. Like, like, Armro's like, I don't want to, I'm tired of being a pilot, I'm leaving. He leaves and walks off into the desert. Yeah. And then Judao, very similarly, he tries to sell the Gundam. <laughs> Do yeah. you remember that? He tried to go sell the Gundam. He's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to sell it. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um, and then Camille also had, like, a similar part like that, like, when they were in Neo Hong Kong and stuff. Yes, but his was a little different. He just kind of bitched a lot. Like, he never left. He just yeah. bitched so much and he got his behind whooped. Yeah, that I forgot his name. He like literally like just did a full combo on Camille. Like, I, I know Evangelion essentially is a like a deconstruction of mech anime, but even though it's a deconstruction, it still keeps those same themes because that's a very Gundam theme. Yeah. It definitely is. But the, the first 13 episodes, like, we're not going to spend too much time on. Because yeah. the second half of the show... So, episode 14 is a recap episode, which is very popular, it seems, in mech animes. Like, uh, Gurren Logan has a recap episode like that. A bunch of shows have that weird episode 14 recap episode. Yeah. Um, but starting in episode 15... There's an episode 15 I actually have no memory of. All the adults go to a wedding, yeah. and I'm just baffled. And Oscar went on a date with like some other kid. Yeah, I just have no memory of any of this. Yeah, I barely remember that, but I, I kind of remember the last part of the episode where Misato was just like really drunk, and she kind of just tells like Kaji like everything that's wrong with her. Yeah, I I, I remember her being in the alley throwing up. Like I remember that 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 image, but the rest of it, I was like, "What is this?" Like that that definitely that whole episode definitely was just like it was definitely a good refresher on some of the things that like kind of like 
my mind glossed over like over time. Yep. Now, once we get past that episode, the story begins to progress very quickly. So yeah. I guess there are what three beats we should mention. So they're still they're still monster of the week. Like the angels are still coming, but there's three beats that happen between episode fifteen and episode twenty four. So mm-hmm. the first is that we learn that there are more like essentially all the kids in their class at school could potentially be Ava pilots. Correct. Yeah. So. Shinji has two guy friends. One of them desperately wants to be an Ava pilot because he, I guess, is just some weeb. He's just a military otaku, pretty much. And he's like, oh, I want to be an Ava pilot. And the other one is a C- is like a Kamina type character. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a very... Like Manly man. He's like the jock character. Yeah, you always see him in a fucking jumpsuit, and he's like with a basketball and stuff. Yep. So when the next scenes is that there's a new pilot, and his unit three is coming. Shinji does not know who the pilot is, but everyone else seems to know. Shinji's the only one who doesn't know. Yeah, and because- it's sort of like a big part of this entire like. Like, the two episodes that whole, like, arc spanned over. Because, like, everyone's finding out who the fourth child is. But, like, Shinji is just left in the dark and kind of just, like, his anxiety is just, like, going up by the minute. Hey, come to find out that the fourth child, when they get in the Ava unit, the Ava unit is conquered by an angel, correct? Yeah. So, Shinji has to now fight the fourth, the, the, the fourth child. Um, he says he's not going to fight them because he's not going to murder whoever's in there. But little does he know they have dummy plugs, which essentially is an autopilot for the Ava unit. The Ava unit goes off Pharaoh and murders to death uh, his friend, the jock friend, who was pilot in Ava unit four. Uh, Ava unit yeah. three, excuse me. And another thing about the dummy plug is that we see a lot of foreshadowing for it like throughout the series. Like, you just see, like, Ray going into this facility deep inside Nerve headquarters and just, like, just speaking to Gendo and, like, she's in a test tube or something. And you don't exactly know what's going on at the moment, but you hear them mention, like, oh, the dummy system on research is going by smoothly or something like that. Yep. It's like, essentially, the whole dummy plus thing is just, like, them using Ray's personality to like insert into Ava when they want autopilot. Yep. But yeah, like the, the Donny Plug even has on it like Ray Zero Zero or something on it. Mm-hmm. It's like this is like something that like you kind of saw going on in the background and then like you finally see what it is in action in this episode. Yep. Shinji is actually really messed up from killing his boy. But it's almost no time for him to mourn because now the end game is taking place. Also, we we failed to mention there are thirteen angels, so there's a a set amount of enemies that we know once we beat them, they're done. Yeah. So to to add a side note that he ultimately didn't actually kill his friend; he just injured him like him badly because they did find him and he was still alive, but he was in the hospital for a while. Yeah. 
but like ultimately that still messed Shinji up a lot and that definitely made him not want to pilot the Ava anymore. Yes. And even though he vowed never to pilot the Ava again, he almost had no choice because immediately after, or while this is all going on, Asuka's mental state is causing her not to be able to really pilot anymore. Like, cause she's losing the ability to pilot. She yeah. then goes, well, I guess before we go, before she goes rogue, Misato's boyfriend, or friend, or buddy, Ryoji, Ryoji is a, he works for SEAL, right? Well, he likes, he's, the thing is that he was playing double agent, like, Kaji, like, he was, like, he was, like, doing missions for Sele and also, like, Nerve at the same time, so, like, it's just been, like, because, like, he's been trying to get Dirt on, like, Gendo and whatever he was playing in, and also, like, trying to, like, do Sele's missions and stuff, uh, spying in, on Nerve, so, like, he was playing double agent, and that landed him in a lot of trouble. Yes. So, who exactly killed him? Was it Gendo, or was it Sele? To be honest, I think it was Sele, like, because, like, because, like, I believe that, because he was leaking information to Nerve at the same time, and then he was, like, looking up classified information about Sele's plans and stuff. Okay. Because I, I, I don't think I was sure who killed him. I just kind of felt like he made everyone mad, so they came in off him. Yeah. Like, personally, like, I'm not sure if Nerve would even, like, Gendo's Nerve would even bother on, like, just eliminating him or something. Because, like, we already saw, like, Sele is the one that deals in absolutes and sends death squads and shit. That's true. We see a lot of death squads. But, so, Masato's, when he dies, he leaves her a message before he died, and he leaves her, like, all his data that he gathered on them, and he, when, she, her, her character kind of actualizes after he dies, because she's yeah. like, oh, I have, like, there is bigger things at stake than what I have going on, I must get this together. Yeah. Yeah, and like the data like that Kaji leaves behind is basically like the data on the true nature of the of the origin of Evangelion units and all that type of stuff and the plan that Nerve has has going on, which is the human instrumentality project, pretty much. Yes. So Oscar's sad because she finds out he dies and like, she, she's losing her ability to pilot the Ava. And in episode 22, I think, 22 or 23, um, she is attacked by an angel. I guess the same sort of angel that took over uh, Unit 3. And there's a really weird mental rape X-Men X scene where the angel is, like, infiltrating her thoughts and essentially rapes her mentally and then after that she loses the ability to pilot for the rest of the rest of the series yeah like like basically this is like a scene where we get a lot of insight into why oscar is the way she is as a character and like the mental trauma that she suffered like that she buried deep inside of her yep and like 
And, like, that's essentially what causes her to lose her ability to pilot, because, like, with all the, like, trauma she suffered, like, bringing that up suddenly to the surface just, like, adds a whole bunch of mental noise and, like, makes her unable to pilot an Ava. Yeah, like, it's really crazy, like, what happens to her. Um, but she still never in the series deals with it. Like, she just kind of is, she's in a coma after that, pretty much. So, but at that point, Ray then dies again, I guess, right? She uses the Lance of Longinius, and she kills the angel, and she is killed dead, pretty much. Well, like, um, what happened was that after that angel, there was another angel that was, like, some type of ring, like, that turned into a worm, I believe. Yep. That tries to infiltrate, that basically tries to infiltrate all the Ava units that it comes in contact with. So, well, we we did kind of skip over one thing, like, when Shinji decides to abandon Nerve and never part of the Ava unit after severely hurting his friend Toji, like, another angel attacks. And this one is definitely way tougher than all the angels they've ever fought before. Like, this one essentially has the strength to basically just instantly infiltrate Nerf headquarters. Yep. Like, like we see throughout the series, like, all the angels, like, they're trying to, like, break through Nerf's defenses and their defensive plates and stuff. But this one... Like, in all the other ones, like, you see that they have some type of difficulty doing that. Like, like Nerve has time to react to them, like, trying to infiltrate. But this one basically just instantly blasts through all of their armor plate and, and just, it's just there. It's in the Geo front, attacking them right now. Yes. So, I, I think that's another key point to bring up. The the angels are evolving. So, as, yeah. as time goes on, they are not just getting stronger. They're getting smarter and more... Uh, what's the word I want? More unique. Like, the first one is just, oh, it's a big lumbering monster. It walks. It, it punches things. But as they get on, they get more and more um, unique and smarter on trying to get to their final goal. Yeah. And... This angel, like, during this assault on Nerve Headquarters, Shinji isn't there. Asuka's unit, like, just instantly gets destroyed. Because, like, Asuka lays down this full volley of weapons on it and it does nothing. And it just instantly puts her out of the picture. Yep. And Unit 2 is, like, completely just just destroyed completely after that. Then Ray, with her Unit 0 that's still missing the arm goes out as the last defense with the N2 mine, which is essentially a nuke. And yes. she tries to penetrate its AT field. But apparently this angel, like, if it was any other angel, she would have destroyed it with that attack. But this angel evolved a capability to shield its own core from being attacked that way. So it so it defends itself from the blast of the N2 mine. It's just completely unscathed, and Ray basically kills herself in that attack. Yep. And then that's when Shinji decides to man up and get in Unit 1, and he ends up he ends up fighting this angel, but Unit 1's battery drains out completely. And this is another really strong point in the series that, like, 
that, that was like another reason why I decided to bring up like why this, this whole scene. Unit one, even though his battery like is completely out and it's and its operating time is over, it ends up reactivating and becoming self aware as its own like living thing and it literally eats the angel in its core. And like and like just kinda see like everyone in nerve terrified because like Unit One pretty much essentially completely became this living, breathing thing, and yeah. it also like raises a lot of questions to like, like what the hell is the Ava unit? Like, it seems more like a living thing rather than a robot. Yep. Yeah. So after that, Unit One basically gets put on like, like frozen, like until further notice because they're essentially scared that it might just go berserk and kill everyone. Yes. So, at this point, we now get into the end game section, right? Yeah. So, Ritzko is the, like, the lead scientist. This is now the point where she shows them what the Avas are. The Ava Unit 1 is Adam, right? Or is it... is a recreation of, um, like, all the Avas are, like, like kind of, like, reconstructions of Adam. Okay, so it's a, re- it's a recreation of Adam, and Ray is the first Ava unit, right? Well, Ray is, like, they basically, she's basically, like, um, a synthetic human that they created as, like, the first prototype pilot that would be the most that will be the most suitable to pilot a Neva. Yeah. And, like, you also kind of see, like, through flashbacks that, like, Ray was just mysteriously appeared after the death of Gendo's wife, Yui Ikari. Yes. And she has, she looks eerily similar to Yui. So you kind of, like, just, you kind of, like, just, um, kind of get a hint that she's possibly a clone of Yui that Gendo created as, like, some type of passion project and also as a tool to use the pilot Avas and to further their research into them. Yeah, so, like, it's very interesting because, like, they never tell you really what Ray is. Like, you just have to almost guesstimate from the things that you know. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. well, there's 100 clones of her and, like... She, like, she keeps dying, but she never dies. Yeah, and, like, it, it becomes full circle because, like, Ray died again. Because, like, Ray died in the nuke attack, and then she died again to an angel that tried to take over Unit Zero. Where she ended up self, she ended up trying to contain the angel and self-destructing, which killed the angel and her. So, like, we're on Ray number four by time by time the events of this part happens where Ritsuko shows um shows both Shinji and Misato like the truth behind Ray and everything. Yep. And we also kind of see a lot of like insight into Ritsuko character Ritsuko's character because like we know that she basically was having an affair with Gendo and also, her mother was having an affair with an affair with Gendo. Yes, she's kind of breaking down, realizing 
that she was just a clown just like her mother despite how much she hated her she ended up exactly like her that, that man gendo is like some sort of like super pimp like everybody wanted him like he's just like the most charismatic character in existence yeah, and also through some flashbacks, you kind of, like, get some insights into other characters' past. Like, Fuyutsuki, like, Gendo's second-in-command. You see how him and Gendo originally met, and and you kind of see that Fuyutsuki, like, he he had a thing for Gendo's wife, um, Yui, but Gendo was already dating her, like, when they first met. And you can kind of see, like... Gendo just has like this charm or something on people. Like he's like a very stoic type, but people tend to like him still. Like like Fuyutsuki when he first met Gendo, he hated him because he met him bailing him out of jail. Yep. And but you'd like to see that Yui is telling talking to Fuyutsuki, telling them that she actually has no issue with him and that he's actually a very sweet person despite what he looks like. Yes. Now, once this happens, the end game actually happens. The fifth child appears, and the fifth child is the angel. Now, did did Sile know he was the fifth child when they sent him there, or no? Well, well, this entire thing was Sile's like plan to like overthrow whatever Gendo was planning. Like that was their trump card to basically essentially essentially like plant a trojan horse in the nerve headquarters because they know gendo was up to something but they just don't really have the means of like calling them out and just like taking them out of the picture or anything yes so like the fifth child kawaru was like their like essential like trojan horse to like finally take down whatever plans nerve had now, my question is, were they trying to make the third impact happen? It seemed like the answer was no. Yeah, nerves, nerves, like, we know that they weren't trying to make the third impact happen at all. Like, and you kind of see, like, like during that episode with Kaoru Robs and stuff, and he, he takes over Unit 2, and you see that he apparently has the ability to manipulate Ava's because... Because, like, Ava's are also angels, which is kind of, like, something we get revealed in that old sequence. Yes, because Ray is an angel. Yeah, and he takes control of Unit 2 and basically breaks through all of Nerve's defenses and gets into Central Dogma, where, quote-unquote, Adam is. But then you see that he gets there and his plans are just all thrown into ruin because it isn't even Adam down there. It's Lilith there. Yeah. Which is a whole nother thing. Which, do we ever know what Lilith, like he said, oh, is this your plan, Lilith? But I, I, what is the plan? Oh, like, basically, um, basically, Lilith, like, when he says Lilith, he's referring to the children of Lilith. Like, humans basically came from Lilith while the angels came from Adam. Okay. Yeah, that's... And, like, when he says Lilum, he's referring to, like, humans as a species. Okay. So they lured him down there to make him think it was Adam, but it wasn't. We don't yeah. know where Adam actually is. Yeah. Well, 
like we are shown some foreshadowing like when like when we first get introduced to Oscar and they're on the like airship carrier Kaji the thing he's transporting is Adam like all Adam is right now is just a little embryo oh okay and he delivers it to Gendo so Gendo had it the whole time yeah that makes sense okay so yeah but at, yeah. I guess we skipped over something. Kaoru and Shinji have a very weird relationship. Like, yeah. whenever Shinji talks to him, he blushes. Like, he's kind of into him. It's a very re- weird relationship. I think it's because, like, like both Kaoru and Rei kind of have, like, the same atmosphere. And you kind of can see that Shinji, like, has some type of, like, adoration for Rei for some reason. But, like... It's kind of weird because, like, it's not, like, an attraction to Ray, but, like, I guess you can say that he probably, like, feels like a motherly type of sense from Ray because yeah, maybe subconsciously he realizes that she looks like his mother. Yeah, that's possible. But, like, on the other hand, you actually see that Shinji is mainly attracted to Asuka, but he's too scared to do anything. Yeah. So, he... At this point, he, he kills Kaoru. He's very sad. It is the most dramatic moment ever when he, when Kaoru, basically Kaoru's like, oh, like, you have to kill me. Like, my meeting you makes me not want to kill you. So either I have to kill you or you have to kill me. Like, I have to have, I only have two options. So yeah. I think you should kill me so that you can live. And Shinji's very sad about it. And it's the longest, most dramatic moment maybe in any anime ever. Yeah, like, like some people might kind of like just like rag on Ava for like just having like the still frame while the music plays and just literally nothing happens for like, I think it's literally like two minutes where she's yep. just sitting there like it's, it's just a still frame. It's to the point where you begin to feel uncomfortable because it's going so long. I think that's the reason why. Yeah, because like it gives you that anxiety, like, well, when it when is it gonna happen? Like, yeah, what's going on? And it conveys just like how, just like how much it bothers Shinji. Yep. And like, so after that, we get like the next. It'll be the last two episodes after that event, and this is when like. At some point, like, the Cuban instrumentality project was a success, and you kind of, like, see Shinji delving deep into his mind and stuff. Yes. So, I guess we should talk about 25 and 26. I understand now. So, the Human Instrumentality Project in 25 and 26 is the whole point was that they wanted to merge all humanity together, right? Yeah. He, they have the, that everyone's so, everyone is together in the room, right? Everyone is dealing with their issues and you see everyone begin to deal with them. Now, my question is in 25 and 26, the world has ended, right? Because essentially everyone is combined. So there are no more humans left, right? Well, like, it's like a yes or no. Like it isn't like the end of Ava where the world literally just ended because like the end, the end of Ava happened because... It's like basically an alternate ending where like Sele's plans they actually can like go through with their plans and like 
And like basically you kind of see at the beginning the end of A, but like say like they decided to just like, yeah, no, screw it. Like our plan with the fifth child didn't work. So we're going in there by force to like end whatever they're doing. Yeah. But like in the TV series, like the project was a success and everyone's souls were merged together and that's basically what what was it. Okay. So but like but like over the course of twenty five and twenty six, you kind of see like Shinji go through all his things, and Misato, Asuka, Ray, like all have introspective moments, and mm-hmm. like, and like in twenty six, you kind of see like Shinji, basically like the world has been like reduced to nothingness, like because like like apparently shinji was like literally the key to human instrumentality like everything was riding on shinji's shoulders and his job was to recreate the world yes and like through the events of those episodes you see shinji like slowly but surely become a better person and understand that you can't just live in a closed tiny box of a world Yes. Like, you slowly see Shinji begin to accept things, like, understand that he needs other people in his life because he can't be himself if... Because, like, without other people, you have no, like, reference reference field for, like, deciding who is you. Yep. Because who are you if there's no one? Yep. No one around to tell you who you are. Like... You have no reference to say, like, I'm me because there's never been anyone else. Yep, that's exactly it. I, I think that was, like, a big part of the message Ava was trying to tell, like, tell through, like, their whole last two episodes that humans are a very social species. Like, without other people, I don't care how introverted you are, you still need other people. Like, yep. Or you just go insane you lose sense of yourself and just everything and that's what shinji basically realized that that his perception of the world is what was hurting him the most and that's what led us to this whole like the infamous congratulations um scene with all the clapping and stuff yeah it's like basically everyone in shinji's life is basically saying congratulations for finally getting it yep and that signifies that he is now able to recreate the world in a better way, right? Yeah. Yeah, and... Oh, yeah, and there's also, like, another scene where you see, like, a possibility of a world that he created in his mind where it's just, like, some normal, everyday, romantic comedy-type school-life thing where, like, Shinji and Asuka have been childhood friends his mom and dad are still together. Everyone's happy. And Ray is just like some transfer student that just transferred to their school. I, 25 and 26 as an adult makes way more sense than when I was young. I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. And I don't think I understood it. Was, like that was human instrumentality. And it's the same thing as the end of End of Ava, essentially. Yeah. Like, those two things are the same thing. It's just, am I seeing it from Shinji's point of view or from the outside point of view? Yeah. With that point, that's Evangelion in a nutshell. That's the the show, right? So, after that, we watch Death and Rebirth, which is a very fast, very 
uh, eclectic, maybe retelling. It's just a recap, a one-hour recap of the show. Yeah, that's all that needs to really be said about it. Yeah, um, split into the death part, which is the TV series, and the rebirth is like basically the first half of End of Evangelion. Yes, End of Evangelion. Let's talk about End of Ava, right? I've been mm-hmm. going for a little while, so let's let's dive into it. First off, End of Ava is gorgeous. Like all of Evangelion, this uh, Blu-ray remake is really pretty. Like yeah. just period. Um, I watched the Netflix version, but I own the original dub. The Netflix dub is nowhere near as good as the original dub. It's not. Yeah. Also, it doesn't have Fly Me to the Moon, which is necessary for the ending of some of these episodes. Like it's not hideous. It's just like my like. Let's start at the beginning of End of Ava. End of Ava takes place instead of episode 25 and 26. So if you were to yeah. watch it, it would be episode 1 through 24, then End of Ava, or episodes 1 through 24, and then 25 and 26. Yeah. He killed Kaoru, who's very sad, so he goes to Asuka, who's in a coma, and he's trying to wake her up because she is uh, he feels alone. And he's, yeah. he's like, I need Asuka, she's the only one who can help me, but she's in a coma. And in this scene, it's a very infamous scene, he's trying to wake her up, she's in her coma, and her boob slips out, and then he masturbates on her, and then he says, in the original, I am disgusting, but in this one he says, I am the lowest of the low, which does not hit, like, that translation isn't as good as just, I am disgusting. Yeah. Because it gets, it's it's more powerful and, like, He's not just saying what he did is disgusting. He himself, he is disgusted with himself. Yeah. He's disgusted with what he did to Kaoru because he, to him, he feels like they should have died. Like, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have had to do that. So, yeah. like, it's, he's disgusted with himself. He's disgusted with his actions that he just did. He's disgusted with humanity is what the point is. Yeah. And, like, shortly after that, you, we get... We get basically a view of what's going on with Sele's like hidden hidden council and stuff and they're basically starting to get fed up with Gendo and are plotting on what they can do next to just get inside of Nerve and take control. So at first they try to cyber attack and try to hack into the supercomputer of Nerve called the Magi and that fails after Misato gets Ritsuko out of out of her solitary confinement and has her like do yet again another defense of the computer systems, and they stop the hacking attempt. Yep. But, but then we see that Sele that wasn't even their first part of the plan. They already had a strike force outside of Nerve, like just waiting for the command to go inside. So now you see an all-out assault on Nerve, and they're basically just killing everyone. They do really just kill everybody. Yeah, it, it was literally just, like, just kill everyone on site and just take control of the facility. And Nerve, like, puts up a good defense, but, like, they're quickly overwhelming them. And, like, as a measure to like help with their defense like they they just pull Asuka out of her hospital bed and just throw her in unit two and toss it into the bottom of the lake because like the Sele assault squad are also like going for the Ava pilots they're trying to kill literally 
anything, anything related to the Ava, kill all the researchers, kill all the nerd staff. Like it's just, it's just a complete purge. Yep. So, so while all this is going on, Shinji is still depressed about everything. He doesn't want to do anything. He just kind of just literally sitting in the corridor, just basically waiting to get killed. Yep. And Misato sees him on the camera feeds and goes after him and basically forcefully tries to pull him to unit one because she knows that they're going to find him and just kill him on sight. Yep, which they definitely tried. Yeah. And Misato just came in like a badass and just killed all those dudes with just a pistol. Yes, she did. Yeah, and while all this is going on, she manages to pull him to the elevator to Unit 1's cage, but she's been shot already, and she basically gives Shinji a big-ass pep talk, telling him that he needs to pilot Unit 1, and... He's she's not gonna forgive him if he just decides to just sit there and just die and let everyone else die. Yep. And this is kind of a point where it was like sorta of questionable because like I mean yeah. throughout the series throughout the series you kinda of see like a maybe a little bit of sexual tension, like like I I'm not sure what Misato's deal with is with Shane. I like, don't know either. Like like, I don't know. I'm not sure if, like, she was, like, a groomer or, like, was, like, she probably trying to groom him into, like, a man that would actually fit her needs or something or what. But she gives Shinji, she basically gives Shinji a deep kiss and then pushes him to the elevator and says, mm-hmm. like, when she comes back, we'll, they'll do the rest for real. Yes. Which and, is very controversial in anime circles. Yeah, I don't know, like, cause he all like, cause she's an she's a attractive woman, so of course him being fourteen or whatever, he's gonna be into that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what to. I, like, I don't know if she did that for for herself or for him, because yeah, when she like, was after that she dies, she's yeah. thinking of 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 Kaji or whatever. So I, yeah. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't want to say it felt like it came out of nowhere because it. Didn't not really, but it was. It didn't. It seemed really weird for that moment. Yeah, like I mean, throughout the TV series, you kind of see Misato trying to like reach out to Shinji and like relate to him and stuff. Like, like after that scene when he kills Kaworu and stuff. Like in the TV series, like he's just in his room, like just laying in his bed, and Misato comes in and tries to comfort him, but he pushes her away. Yeah. I'm not sure if, like, like she was trying to do an attempt to, like, be close to him or what. I don't know. At this point, like, Shinji, he's in the cage where Unit 1 is, but the Sele, like, assault team, they basically froze Unit 1 and, like, I forgot the name of, like, the substance they used to, like, completely freeze corridors and stuff. But it's like this red substance that just hardens and like covers unit one. It's the inside of the, the plugs, right? Nah, it's like some other type of thing. Because like when they were trying to defend um the headquarters, like they basically flooded a bunch of corridors with it so they can't get through. Okay. Like I, I remember that, that section, but Yeah. But then Sele took control of the cage where unit one is and they used that same substance against them 
Shinji is kind of just sitting there moping still while Asuka is fighting and defending um, Nerve headquarters. Yep. It's like essentially, like while Asuka was at the bottom of the lake, she was inside Unit 2 and she's basically still very mentally disturbed and Unit 2 still won't move, but she hears a voice telling her that to not to die, to, like, wake up not to die, that they're not going to let her die. And it's kind of hinted at that, like, Unit 2 has the soul of Asuka's mother. Yes. Like, so, like, this wakes her up and, like, it essentially pulls her back to her senses and she, Unit 2 activates it, like, honestly in a stronger state than it's ever been. And she defends Nerve Headquarters from the tanks and helicopters and stuff that Sele said. Yep. But then then we see that they also have their own AVA units, the mass-produced AVA units. And Asuka basically attempts to destroy all of them because what Sele was trying to do is they were trying to use their mass-produced AVA units to bring about the third impact. Yep. And Misato and the rest of the Nerve um, commanders saw that, so they command Asuka to basically destroy all of them before they try anything. Yep. And Asuka literally does destroy all of the mass-reduced AVA units, but it turns out that they have the ability to regenerate, and they basically tear Unit 2 to shreds. Which is also one of the most badass things in the whole show, that whole sequence. Yeah, like, she literally destroys all of them in three minutes. Killing the last one on, like, the last two seconds of her units operating time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, then they just all reactivate and regenerate, and Unit 2 is basically a sitting duck, so she just, like, it's just torn apart. Then Shenji is finally able to get inside Unit 1. He breaks out of like the cage and stuff and unit one basically activates in a berserk state and shinji the first thing he sees is basically the mass produced avas flying around with like the entrails of unit two in their mouths yep and he just kind of like loses his mind and he murders them all to death well well he doesn't murder them all to death like um basically Basically, like, he's, like, in such shock that the mass-reduced Avas just basically just grab him and take hold of him. Mm-hmm. And this is how, like, the third impact starts, because, like, they got their goal. They got a hold of Unit 1, which is, like, the catalyst to everything. And they do some type of, they do some type of ritual, and... Mm-hmm. The wings the come out. Start. Yeah. But, and, like, while all this is going on, like, you see Gendo, like, deep down in Nerve headquarters with Ray, and it seems like he's trying to, like, like, this is what, this is what basically happened in the original TV series. Like, Gendo used Ray to start the Human Instrumentality Project, but, like, for some reason here, um, Ray rejects him and tells him that she's not his doll and, like, just takes Adam away from him. Yep. Because, like, what happened with Gendo is that he literally emerged Adam with, like, his right hand. 
and Ray just literally lops off his right hand and takes Adam away from him. So now she has Adam, and then she merges with Lilith and becomes the giant Ray. Yes. So, like, now she's basically a god. Yes. And this is where, like, the infamous scene where, like, come sweet death plays and, like, everyone is turned into LCL and, like, the entire world is destroyed. Yes. And then after that, like, we, while the world is being destroyed, you kind of see, you kind of see, like, a similar thing going on where, of, like, the original episode 24, um, 5 and 26, where, like, Shinji is deep in his mind, like, he's, like, it, it, it kind of similar to the human instrumentality thing, because, like, this is kind of what's going on right now anyway, because, yep. like, everyone has been merged together, so... So Shinji is like deep in his mind. He's speaking with the people he's close to in his mind and seeing a lot of like imagery and stuff. And we get cut to a scene where, where like basically he's asking Oscar for help. Like he's asking Oscar for help again. Yep. And he's begging her for help. And she basically flips on him, tell him that. Why he asking her for help? He never does anything for her. Like everything he's asking is just for his own sake. Yep. He doesn't need the help of other because he always rejects the help of other people. That he can't do shit for himself and like like all he does is hurt her. So she pushes him down and he kind of just has a mental breakdown, still screaming for her help and and she just says that he's pathetic and no, and he strangles Asuka. And I think this is like symbolic for like a very bad outcome of human instrumentality because like, cause like you see him, cause like in original 25 and 26, you see him basically doing like the same sort of thing, but he kind of, like, instead of, like, rejecting things, he kind of, like, reflects on himself and, like... Figures it out. Yeah, but in this this type of... In this context, he just rejects it by strangling Asuka and saying, basically, screw her. Like, I don't need anyone anyway. Yep. And, and then he's sitting in the, 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 the Red Sea. So that's the Red Sea is all the people, right? Because everybody's the LCL. Yeah, like, and, um, like, actually, actually, now that I think about it, like, when he strangles Asuka, that's literally when everyone starts to die, so it kind of, like, is symbolic of him telling Ray that basically, no, he doesn't want to save humanity. Yep. So, because actually, Ray, like, reproaches him and says, like, like, hey, like, you can decide whether or not you want to save humanity in its current state or just completely erase everything. Yep. And like that was basically in symbolic for him wanted to erase everything. So and okay. Out, yeah. The everyone turning to goop and him killing Oscar, though they are happen happening simultaneously, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well technically he didn't he didn't like kill Oscar, but like like, in his mind, he was basically rejecting Asuka and, like, literally everyone else. Yep. Okay. Because, like, 
like um like you see a whole lot of similar scenes to episode 25 and 26 where like he's seeing parts of like misato's mind parts of ray's parts of oscar's and he's just like and and the original tv series is like more of a sympathetic thing but like this time it's like he's more disgusted with everything yeah like like he sees like misato's memories where like she when she was young and basically just spent like all her time just in the house fucking kaji and stuff yeah and he's just kind of like just sitting there disgusted like that he's seeing this part of misato and stuff yeah like it's a very negative type of view it has so so like basically he essentially re- rejects the human instrumentality part and it kind of just dooms everyone yep and then eventually and then eventually like and then eventually like near the end he kind of has a conversation with Kaoru and Rei and sort of decides ultimately after everything that he does still want to live that there might be a little bit of hope still and and like and like he destroys the mass reduce Ava units and eventually descends back to Earth after Unit One seems like completely just expended all of its power, like just completely turns gray like a stone. Yep. And it kinda of just cuts to him and Oscar like laying down on the shoreline with like this whole hellscape of a world that's the aftermath of everything that happened and like ultimately you like see him wake up and realize Oscar is next to him and the first thing he does is get on top of her and try to strangle her again. But but like in like some type of like tragic twist of fate, instead of fight back, Oscar just lifts her hands up lifts her hand up and strokes his face and like I think it kinda like makes him realize like Oh, I've like, ruined wow. this. Yeah. Like just yeah. And yeah, that's basically the end of Ava. And that's 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 it. Which yeah. I guess that is both endings, while apropos for the series, are for lack of a better word, can I use unsatisfying? Yeah. So I guess this is the catalyst for the rebuild of Ava is to make a satisfying ending, but it's a completely different show. Like uh, my yeah. theory is that at this point, at end of Ava, Shinji resets back to episode one. Yeah. And that this reset, this rebuild is him trying to do it correctly, which is why he's way more into piloting. Because, like, he's almost like a shonen protagonist in parts of Rebuild. Yeah. And I think that's why, because he subconsciously knows, oh, if I mess, I can't mess this up again, I'm going to do it right this time. Yeah, like, and you kind of see that happen, like, in, like, the original episode 26 or so, where, like, Shinji, like, sees, like, a vision of a world where, where there's, like, a possibility where there's basically a world where, like, fucking... Everything, everyone is happy. Like, his parents are still together. Like, him and Oscar are just childhood friends. And, mm-hmm. 
Like, Shinji is a very different person. Like, he basically acts like your stereotypical shonen protagonist getting wake, woken up by his childhood friend and shit. Yep. And they basically are fighting like a married couple all throughout the day. Yep. So, yeah, like... Like, you kind of see that Shinji, like, through the whole human instrumentality thing, that he has a... He has a uh, an ability and the potential to create a better world through that. Yep. And oh yeah, and another thing I forgot to mention about Enda Ava is that there's a seed with Gendo basically, where he's basically confronted by Ray and his wife's souls, and like he's his wife basically. Like, just ask him, is he afraid of Shenji? And you see, like, a big part of his character arc kind of, like, come to fruition there. And he just says in response that, like, he just hurts Shenji whenever he tries to do anything. So he just gave up. Yeah. So you kind of see that he does care, but, like, he just knows that he's just the bad father and just doesn't want to, like, cause any more damage. Yeah. So... He's kind of like a very broken man that's given up a long time ago. Like, he knows yeah. that he just fucked up so much that he just can't fix his ways anymore. Which, in reality, like, you should still try, but, like, in his mind, he's like, I have other things to do. I, I shouldn't cause any more damage here. I should be able to... I should fix what I can fix. Yeah, and his obsession was just trying to like be reunited with his wife and stuff all this time but yeah he just realized that like in that obsession he became a shitty person like in gendo like and and in in the tv series you kind of see him kind of like at some points like kind of warm up to shinji at sometimes too like there's a part where shinji managed to defeat an angel like successfully and everything went well and gendo just tells shinji good job shinji and that was like the first time like he acknowledged him directly like directly acknowledged him yep like i don't even think he like i don't even think up at that point he literally called shinji by name like he was just like kind of just ordered him around and stuff and like that's a big part of shinji's character too like he hates his dad, but he really, really, really wants to just be acknowledged by him. Yep. Because, like, his dad abandoning him, like, just messed him up a whole lot. Yeah, he's never been right since that point. Yeah. So, I, I guess we're, we're pretty much at the end of our yeah. review of Ava. It's good. It is, like, I, I can't tell, say I enjoy it. But it is very important, and it is very thought-provoking. I think that's the best way to describe it. It is a 10 out of 10 series, I think, though. Yeah, for me, I I enjoyed it, and, like, I I definitely think it's very important also. But, like, like, personally, I do still feel like a whole lot of people actually gives it more credit than it's deserved. Like, I'd definitely give it a 10 out of 10, so, but, like, I feel like a lot of people kind of, like get too caught up on the like psychological and symbolic parts of the series like, yes like no you do not need like a million iq to truly understand the death of the series like, no it's not that serious yep like 
And some people would really would legitimately tell you like, oh no, Ava is like too deep for you. You need to like read all this supplemental material to truly understand the depth and understand how deep it is. Like, no, it's not it's not all that. Like yeah. like people get people get really obnoxious about the series, which I feel like some people kinda like got this like gatekeeping sort of thing. Yeah, and like it gives like a whole lot of other people in like the anime community like sort of like a bias against Ava fans because like they've interacted too many times with that like one dude that's in the corner that's like, Well, have you seen Evangelion? It's such a thought provoking and deep series that's like so much deeper than the drovel that you watch. Yeah, I've, we've we've met that guy before at cons. Yeah, and like, and like, no one wants to be talking down to about what type of media they enjoy. Yep. So everyone hates that guy. But unfortunately, like series like this kind of like attract a lot of those guys and girls. Like, I can't really discriminate there. Also, but yeah, we have all seen like the guy with the fedora that talks about how good how good and deep Evangelion is and like only his superior intellect can understand it yeah but like and like I think I think another thing a whole lot of people don't realize is that like when you look into the production of Evangelion and like like the process the process it went through of BF creation like Ano, like, he literally kind of just threw in a whole lot of things because they seemed cool and interesting and, like, all the psychological stuff, like, you mostly see it kick in in, in the second half, and there's a yes. good region on that. Like, Ano himself said that during the production of the second half of Evangelion that he got an interest in the psychology, so he decided to put some of his interest into the series. So, like, literally like, Imagine someone going to Psych 101 and being like, I'll be Psych 101 and being like, oh, this seems cool. Let me put it in my series. Like, it's not even like, it's not even like they got like some psychological experts to work on this series. No, just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of dudes that like pulled out their Psych 101 textbooks and were like, yeah, like we might as well just throw that in because it'll be good for developing these characters. Yep. So, yeah, like, so, yeah, it's just not, not even, like, that deep into things. But maybe, like, when you were, like, younger and in high school, like, it seemed like some really deep and profound type of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it still gives a profound message. It still gives a message that I think a lot of people actually in, actually in the real world need to understand. Like, your perception of life is what is what decides whether or not you're happy. And, like, I, I think a lot of people don't get that. Like, like if you live through life thinking it's shit, of course it's going to be shit. Yep. That's that's very, very true. Yeah, like, because, like, you create a self-fulfilling prophecy, like, oh, this is shit, everyone's shit. And, like, your worldview gets twisted to, like, everyone is shit. And, like, becomes, like, your truth. Yep. Like, People don't understand that you create your own truth. Yep. Like, that's what I think, like, this one line that's, like, said a lot in the series, like, is, like, really profound. Like, 
like Shinji's mother basically says that anywhere can be heaven if you decide to live. And that that that's really a profound message. Like if you decide you want to live positively, anywhere really can be heaven. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one reason why I think Ava like really does send like a really interesting and profound message to like get viewers and stuff. Whether yeah. they understand it or not. Yep. And that's one reason why I think it's very important because like like not too many anime like go over like like really specific life lessons like that. No. You're one hundred percent correct. Like yeah, I just think that, that that's why I enjoyed it so much because it's a very because like this is the it's type of thoughtful. message that can this is the type of message that can change people's lives. Like the only other type of media that I got this sort of thing from was literally Persona games. Like it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like Persona like literally changed my perception of life and other people. Persona's so good. We we, yeah. we we gotta do something. We gotta do a Persona episode one day. Yeah, we do. The one thing I do want to say is that we're going to revisit this when Rebuild comes out, right? Yeah. Because I think we're. I want to do it in two parts. Re, so Rebuild of Evangelion is like a retelling of Ava. It was yeah. po- like part three came out in 2012. Part four, or it's not even called. It was called like 4.44 one time. It is now called Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, thrice upon of time. Yeah, is the current title, and who knows when it's going to come out? It was supposed to come out January twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. No, it's supposed to come out June twenty seventh of twenty twenty, but because of COVID, it got pushed back. Yeah. Then it was supposed to come out January twenty third, but on the fourteenth of January, it got pushed back again to some unknown date. Yeah, so yeah, we don't we don't know when we're going to get this, but like. But like honestly, like it seems like it's gonna be an interesting thing. Like, yeah. Because like we've kind of sort of sort of gotten previews of what we're gonna see in it through through actually like model kits and stuff. Like actually see like model kits and figures of like the new Ava units that are gonna be shown in the film and stuff. So like and like we gotten some concept art and stuff, like some art of Asuka and Mari, who was a character that I was introducing to rebuild yep. series. And I still don't know like who is she and what is her significance at all. No like, one knows. She's she kinda just got like added as this new character, but like I honestly don't know what her deal is. Yeah. Which is definitely why this which is definitely why I'm gonna rewatch the three rebuild movies that are out and like and like another thing that i just never understood about the rebuild is like oscar's name change like like in originally we all knew oscar's oscar langley Soryu, but like in rebuild she's oscar shiko shikanami langley I feel like it might like i don't even know what to think anymore because it's been a decade since 3.33 came out I need to watch it again, but I was hoping to save it because I figured 4.0 would come out digitally like every, like, um, you know, like Mugen Train is going to come out like on Netflix, like everything's going to come out yeah. digitally in the States. So my plan was to do a review of 1.0 to 3.0 and then do 4.0 
but I don't even know when 4.0 will if it, it will ever happen. Yeah, because we used to joke that it would never come out, but now like I've seen trailers, it feels real again. But yeah. now I'm not sure if it's going to come out ever again. Yeah, like I don't know, like and like in the rebuild movies is we kind of see like. Like, the second one, we see Shinji cause the fucking third impact, pretty much. Yeah. And that was, like, that was, like, definitely something really big. And we see in the third movie the aftermath of the third impact, which is kind of, like, something that we didn't really get to see and originally in the end of Ava. So, like, another thing that I thought was interesting about Ava in general is that, like, basically the second impact pretty much melted the um, Antarctica and caused massive global warming. And the only season that exists now is summer, which is pretty interesting. I don't remember that. Okay. That seems significant. Yeah. Like that's literally why they said it was hell on earth because like it It was always hot. Yeah. They call it caused massive floodings and like, of course, since it caused like, basically instant global warming. There were probably, like, natural disasters all across the world. Yeah, and that's why everybody lived in boats and all this other mess. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I think we've we've gone a quite a while, so I think we're going to stop. Yeah. But we will continue this one-hour review of 1.0 versus to 3.0 someday. Someday we shall review that. I don't know when. Yeah. All right, guys, we appreciate you guys as always. If you have any mail or email or you want to tell us something, shoot us up at our email at spacerunawaypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at the Space Runaway. Blau, where can they find you at, man? It'll be on Twitter at Otakaiser. So if you want to follow us, follow us there. We'll always post our new episodes when they go up. We should have this episode going up and. I have a weird manga review going up. It was super informal, so it's mostly trash. Watch this episode. This episode will be much better. But in the meantime, man, we appreciate you guys as always, man. Have a great one. Bye. Later.